the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. Speaking of winning combinations, we got it in the studio here today, starting with Lucy Polito from Score. Great to see you, Lucy. Good to see you, Chris, as always. And, of course, the award-winning Rich Jekyll of SCORE. Hello, Christopher. Don't break her heart. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. Once again, we want to thank you so very much for tuning in to this show. This show, of course, is all about SCORE, which is a great organization, long time running now, over 50 years, coming up on 55. Uh, Just about, yeah. I think 54 years, yeah. Yeah, indeed. You know, it's been a while since we told folks how SCORE started out. So why don't you give them the real quick lowdown on that, Rich? Sure. When the SBA came out, which is a small business administration, they came out with their loan programs and uh, that kind of stuff for the small business. They were so difficult to understand, and the applications were so hard that a group that worked for the SBA retired and started a company called SCORE just to help small businesses fill out the loan applications. And that was 54 years ago. And since then, uh, it started out with, I think, three guys. And it's now over 17,000 members in about 400 offices across the U.S. What Rich means by members is volunteers. Volunteers, that's right. Indeed. It is a nonprofit organization, and all of the mentors who are the volunteers at SCORE are there for no profit. They don't get paid or anything like that. They don't get paid a nickel. Can you believe that? They get paid in satisfaction. They get paid in satisfaction, you might say. Right, Lucy? That's right. We only get paid... With smiles and success, seeing these people succeed succeed in their businesses. Mm -hmm. That's the whole idea. And that's what SCORE is all about, uh, providing mentorship at no charge to you. As Rich likes to say, it's the big... The big F word, man. And I'm not saying it anymore, Lucy. It's free. That's right. (laughs) All of the mentors are there for just for the asking, ladies and gentlemen. They have tons of experience, tons of knowledge. And uh, I'm sure they know a lot of stuff that they can help you prevent, you know, the pitfalls yeah. and uh, some of the down. The uh, arrows. The pioneers uh, get the arrows. Indeed. Right? Indeed. So please do take advantage of it. If you are in business for yourself, thinking about going into business or know someone who is in your family or circle of friends. Uh, and, of course, they're located in a really easy place to find at the National Entrepreneur Center. In the Orlando Fashion Square Mall on the West End, just park in the parking garage and look for the vines on the wall. They will lead you to the state-of-the-art facilities there, where SCORE is just one of a, how many great organizations over there now? Oh, there's 14. 14. Actually. All dedicated, along with the Entrepreneur Center itself, to helping you succeed in business here in Central Florida. And by the way, they have offices all over the country and and. 
over 15,000 now volunteers. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. have someone in every part of the country. So if you happen to be moving or know someone in a different part of the country who could use their expertise, you can go to score.org and find the local office there and the phone number, and they'd be happy to help whoever out. All right, and of course, right here, the website is orlando.score.org. That's where you can sign up for a great newsletter. What do they get when they sign up with the newsletter, Rich? They get the newsletter. Huh. All right, what's in the newsletter? Maybe I should ask Lucy. What's in the newsletter, Lucy? Go, let Rich explain all right, that Rich, one. All right, so Rich, what's in the newsletter? They get all the upcoming events, what has happened during the past month, anything of significance, any outreach programs we've done, any special seminars that are coming up. They get the uh, synopsis of our radio show. Cool. And that goes on the website as well. And they get um, special things like uh, tips of the trade, so to speak. Yeah. As for starting a new business, you know, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? It's all there. Orlando.score.org. You'll pick it up. Yeah, and you know, it always changes because we try to stay abreast of what's going on in the business world. Exactly. And so we try to uh, always, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about the seminars that we do. Oh, but yeah. it's the idea is to always stay in touch because even though we are retired, we too have to be learning every day. Things right. change. And right. what's hot now? What's hot? You're yeah. hot. All right. Yeah. The uh, educational program. Social media. Social yes. media is always uh, Tax, the big taxes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. uh, what what the, the Rich and uh, Lucy are talking about is. In addition to the mentorship program, they have a great educational program, a series of seminars. Some of them uh, reoccur monthly, the basic ones, but then uh, the more seasonal ones, like you mentioned taxes. Right. They come around in the appropriate time. And in the social media, if there's something new is happening, they'll bring in experts. And they have these seminars there at the National Entrepreneur Center, state-of-the-art classrooms. And there's something going on there every week. Yeah. So yeah, you can go to Orlando.score.org to see what they call the green sheet, which is the list of upcoming classes and seminars. Yeah, and this past week, um, I did a seminar on how to start, your, or I mean, a you, your business idea, and what SCORE can do for you. And in the next room was a QuickBooks seminar. Yeah. So we had two of them going on simultaneously. As I said, SCORE's always got something going on. And don't forget, on May the 7th, BizFest is going to be going on, and that will be held at the National Entrepreneur Center. Great networking opportunity there. Huge. And Huge. Uh, you'll get, they also have, uh, there'll be sponsors there. There'll be a professional photographer there taking photographs free for you to use on your website. And, of course, there'll be a, a seminar. Well, they'll actually be sort of like roundtable discussions. There'll be a yes. keynote speaker. And it culminates with a great uh, cocktail networking opportunity. A great opportunity. This is where this show started. Right. But uh, they also have what's called speed counseling. And that'll be all occurring at the BizFest. And you're, you're welcome to attend. It is free. But you really need to go to Orlando.score.org to register. And it'll start around noon and then last well into the evening. So that's Orlando.score.org to register. All right. Our guest today is, well, she's in the business of helping young people help businesses. Yeah. So, she's in the business of businesses. Oh, that's <laughs> right. So we'd like to welcome to the show today our guest, Isabella Johnston. 
Isabella, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. It's really nice to meet all of you, except Rich, I know, because I used to teach entrepreneurship at Rollins College, and I would bring Rich in to come and talk to the students. So. I thought you were going to say, it's nice to know everybody but Rich. No. <laughs> well, I most people would say that. That's <laughs> special right. praise. Yeah. But then Rich is a popular guy around town. <laughs> okay. Always promoting uh-huh. score in the community. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, right now, you uh, have, you're at Valencia. No, actually, um, yeah, I have a radio show at Valencia College, but I have my own business. I actually have five. I'm a serial entrepreneur. All right, well, let's Uh back up. You didn't know that. All right, let's back (laughs) up. We will find out, however. What we usually do anyway around here is find out a little bit about the person, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll start with that. Are you from this area? Um, originally from Kansas, moved all over the U.S. My dad was an engineer. So Dorothy! Yeah, I thought I really. recognized you. <laughs> right. uh, moved all over the U.S. We settled here, and so this became our home. Um, I began my, uh, I started as a public classroom teacher, 10 years teaching English, uh, middle and high school. I wanted to go and teach college. I uh, went back to my, I graduated from Rollins. And went back there and said, how do I teach here? And my professor had said, well, you need to go get an MBA. And I had already applied at Crummer, but they said, nope, you need a world perspective. So I went to Bellhaven University, um, graduated from there. I'm sorry, I don't know, not familiar. Where is Bellhaven University? It's out of Jackson, Mississippi, but there's a campus over by the Millennium Mall. It's a Christian college. I see. Okay. Mm, Yep. Um, graduated uh, from there, but I really wanted to teach as an adjunct always. So I was adjunct teaching, uh, went back to school again, and I'm all but dissertation for a PhD in leadership with a focus on human resource development. So when I tell people what my background is, I say it's a blend of education, 25 years in education, 15 of those, 16 really, consulting with small businesses. I've written business plans. I always send people to SCORE because I say this is a great place to be able to learn how to write your business plan. They have really affordable classes if you want to go through those. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so you're, you you got the job teaching at Rollins, I take it. Um, I was teaching as an adjunct. Yeah. As an adjunct. Okay. Yep, for two years. And mm-hmm. so at what point did you decide that uh, you wanted to start your own business? Oh, well, that was that's easy. Um, as a classroom teacher, I always feel like that's really where I was able to see what an entrepreneurial world is like because I was in charge of the classroom. So I could determine, you know, what we were going to do. I had, certainly had to follow a syllabus, of course, and whatever the curriculum is. But I had a lot of uh, freedoms in the classroom. So I started with creating play money in the classroom that got street value in my classroom because when they showed up and they were seated before the bell rang and if they came, I taught at risk. So I was really motivated to try and get them to see the value of education and money. Um, If they came with paper and pencil and pens and all of that good stuff, um, they got money and they could turn it in every week for a bank and then they could use it to buy some things. So I had entrepreneurship right there in the classroom. Awesome. That's uh, cool. That's yeah, that is a cool way of teaching. Yeah. How, well, I think do... that doesn't happen anymore. I, I do it, but other teachers don't. But, yeah, I do it still. Are that you still teaching? Great. No, I don't. I actually. Um, well, well, then back yeah. up a second. How did it work with the kids? It was very successful. My, my, street, my money got street value. What do you they mean by that? They were buying it. They were actually paying money to buy the play money because what they could do is they could take this play money and they could use it. It was a rotating schedule. I taught in the projects in Sanford. And the kids could go and buy a pass to go to lunch a little bit early. And that got them to the head of the line because you only have 20 minutes for lunch. And, you know, you could spend it all waiting in line. But it also could get them a pass to leave 
five minutes early and be the first one on the bus. What about Very the other teachers? Did they, uh, did they kind of mind that? Uh, no, this was actually a, a, a seminar that I went to for teachers, and it was bringing economics into the classroom. So if somebody wanted to do it, they could. But the it's not even just the passes. So, they were able to use the money and um, so they were buy learn, a grade. They were learning. A letter grade up. Really? I'm not kidding. What? A letter grade up, but they could only do it for one test, and one test oh. doesn't make you pass for the whole semester. R- right, right, oh, right. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's still good. I would have needed a bucket load of those <laughs> things, yeah. man. So, that took a long time to save that up. Mm-hmm. So what you were doing, in fact, was first incentivizing the mm-hmm. students to be better students. And right? I also would pay them if they found that I made a mistake, and I made mistakes on purpose. Like when I was writing it on the board, because I want them to pay attention to detail. Excellent. Yeah, there were all kinds of opportunities. And you were also teaching them the value of money. Mm -hmm. And saving, because they could save their money up. It could take them a long time to be able to buy something. Like if they wanted to have a C, if they wanted to change that test grade from a C to a B, or a quiz grade every week they had quizzes, they would have to save money up to be able to do that. <laughs> that is Damn. fascinating. That's, a, that's, that's great. Right. Great. That really is. We'll have to pick this up on the other side. I hope a lot of other teachers are out there listening right now. Well, there is also one other thing, though, but they could take the test over and take the better grade and save their money. So well, there was options. There you go. All right. Well, uh, you have the option, of, and I hope you'll take it, of staying with us because we are going to take a break. We'll be back on the other side. Once again, our guest today, Isabella Johnston, and we'll find out what her business is all about and how it has to do with interns. And she's got her own radio show. We'll tell you how to access that as well. Once again, you are listening to What's the Score? And the website is orlando.score.org. And we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Once again, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business or someone you know. All right, speaking of someone we know, we all know by now, the award-winning Rich Jekyll. (laughs) And also, uh, Lucy Polito is with us today. I am Christopher Hart, and our guest today, Isabella Johnston. And uh, she was just uh, telling us about this remarkable teaching technique. For it probably be work for all students, but you said these were uh, these were at risk students. Yeah, so yes, a little it was. bit a little bit harder to teach, or, or they're, maybe not they're so children. harder to teach, but it's a harder environment, I guess. It's it? a much harder environment. Most right. of their parents were in jail. They were being raised by grandparents. It was a really tough life for most of those kids. They mm. were in a poverty situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were using, uh, you were helping them to learn the value of money and saving and this sort of thing. And also incentivizing, which is really what, you know, businesses do. They incentivize their employees mm-hmm. with money mm-hmm. and benefits. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so tell us then, so you, you taught for, uh, you said you, you, you 10 years in the public, school. 10 years in the public school system doing this. And then what happened after that? So I had gone back to school, like I said, I picked up a, an MBA, and I started teaching as an adjunct at schools like Rollins College. I taught there, I usually teaching entrepreneurship, but also APA writing, marketing, organizational APA design. writing? APA, yeah. The kind you have to have where you're documenting. There's four, three types of writing, MLA, Chicago, and APA. And it's a certain type of writing for academic purposes. I see. Okay. Yeah. You write in third person, not first person. I got it. Okay. And so, but then you said a little while ago, you had a lot of businesses. I have five. I'm a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we got to find our way to that. So at some point you became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. 
What, what made you become an entrepreneur? Because you had spent so much time teaching. Yeah. Right. When I started teaching as an adjunct, um, I wanted a part-time job because I began writing business plans for clients. I was working with a tax consultant where I went in and I would organize his clients' records. He was representing them against a, a, a suit with the IRS. So I was documenting processes and I created training programs, all kinds of things. And that was about 25 people. And that was a really time-consuming gig, but I just continue and I pivot business consulting as the primary company and I write business plans to scale. I do pitch decks. I write anything that's a process. I document their processes and I do training for them. I do personality assessments and then monthly reinforcement of those assessments and behaviors so that we can make sure we're developing leaders in the workplace. And I believe you were telling us that uh, a little while ago you had some back, your background really is in HR. Yeah. Uh, So the last one, I'm all but dissertation, and that's um, for a PhD in leadership with a focus on human resource development. And that's the training and learning side. What is the name of this company? Is this the umbrella company that has all these services Mm -hmm. underneath it? Pivot Business Consulting is the primary company, and then I have subsidiaries underneath it. Oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, So you started these businesses writing these plans and and doing training and things like that. Other people's businesses, right. Right, for other people. But you said you had five businesses. Are they all basically doing the same? No, not really. Um, the, The common theme common theme through all of them is always training and learning. So out of pivot, one of the things that I was doing, um, I had people come up to me and say, how do you get so many students to come and work with you? You have like 30. And I did. They'd say, how do you have all of these different students working with you? I said, it's a classroom for me. I kind of, I understand it from an educational perspective, how to manage them. And each one has a different performance plan that they need. And they said, well, Teach me how to do that. So I started teaching other employers how to have a really dynamic intern program so that, especially if it's unpaid, there's seven criteria you have to be in compliance with, with the Department of Labor to work with unpaid talent. And so I was teaching the employers or their employees how to manage an intern in an ethical manner, obviously. So it's Department of Labor compliant if it's unpaid, but even if it was paid, I built in, you know, extra HR and academic guidelines for the employers. So I was training the employees, the employer, if it's a one to two people in the business, how to manage them, you know, effectively so that they saw a really good ROI in their business. Hmm. Very cool. So you, you made a business out of training employers how to... Manage students. Manage, manage, interns. manage interns and take yeah. advantage of. The, yeah, what, so it's what, beneficial to both the business okay. and the student. Okay. Plus, they're, they're learning how to work more effectively. Yes, they are. Yeah, and, more productively. And so at what, what point, you mentioned that you, you send people to score. At what point did you find out about score? How did they oh. come into the equation? Well, when I was writing business plans, I also was looking to see what's out there. And that's when I had found score, just doing a Google search, honestly. And I went down there and I took a couple of the classes and then I had met Rich. Here at the Uh, National Entrepreneur Center. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And then I noticed that this is really a good place to go and send people. If If they cannot afford to pay a consultant, then they would definitely want to go there. Okay. Isabella Johnston is our guest today. 
And she is an intern recruiter, I guess. Is that what is that? No. <laughs> well, because you, now you also are working with interns. Is that am I to understand that? Do you work with interns now as well as employers? And are you like matching them up? How does this? How does this? Yeah. Pan so out? out of it came a software because uh, one of my one of my friends said, "You're not scalable. If you had a thousand employers come to you and say, hey, I want to work with interns. Could you help them? And I said, no. And he said, if you had a thousand students, and it's Ron Benzieff, I'll just give a shout out to him. Um, if you had a thousand students come, could you help them? I said, no. And he said, well, then solve the problem. So I sat down and I went, okay. I created a software as a system, a SaaS model, membership model, and it's a platform for employers that helps them be able to recruit faster, interview faster, because I'm matching up. We're their talking about interns. Interns to okay. employers. Okay. Yeah. Interns or students, if you want to call them that. They're not interns until they get selected, right? But um, matching them up to an employer. So now it's saving the employer time and money because there's an algorithm that matches them up more quickly based on preferences, also on the Department of Labor's criteria, HR. So I can make sure that it's going to be a good fit. The employer, I designed personal, uh, I use a personality assessment, but I designed a, a real assessment, a real skill assessment, and the employer can send that out. They have templates they can use to see, can the student do the job? Then they have, they're making a decision, a smarter decision based on a short list of candidates. They don't have to look through 45 applicants or 50 applicants when you go to <coughs> career fairs. They can also take that short list and send assessments out, a personality assessment and a hard skill assessment, and then they'll even know better who's going to be the best people that they should spend their time interviewing. Once they interview them, they select the candidate. There's an onboarding package in there, so all kinds of HR documents like work for hire, things that protect the business and also protect the student. Okay. Non-disclosure, my attorney produce okay. those this is like a lincoln dean it's an end-to-end system it's, it's yeah. match.com it All is <laughs> i say that Academia. i usually go it's like match.com but it's really um a performance management system yeah. actually you do have a, a website and that is internpursuit.tech t-e-c-h and you spell intern and pursuit just like they would be spelled intern internpursuit.tech and uh, so, folks, you can go there right now as we're speaking with Isabella Johnston. And so from the uh, uh, from the employer's perspective, obviously, they're getting, you know, a more qualified candidate and, and, and screened. Right. More screened, screened according to their own criteria. So yeah. it's like a, their own in-house HR person. Right. For them. And for the intern, obviously, they get the experience of working at a place, but you said there are also both paid and unpaid internships. That's up to the employer. The employer, if they want to pay them, they can, but if it's unpaid, and 70% of the internships in the United States are unpaid. And I really, from the side of education, I went, how can I help these employers do a really good job of getting their, basically their stuff done in their business, but being able to do a good job with the student. So the performance plan, the employer can be checking off the skills electronically in the plan. Right. And the student now knows the skills based on their job description that they can put on their resume, and the student gets a new resume at the end of the internship. So the employer can give them a parting gift, and then there's there's total Department of Labor. If, How many wow. of these uh, kids actually get hired by the actual employer that they're... 
Most of my, it depends if, if the employer is ready to hire. Mm. So sometimes a mm. lot of employers will use students um, a lot through it. But my success rate is pretty high, actually. When I work with small to medium-sized businesses, like 10 employees or more, um, the students have been getting hired, and I want to say it's like right around 80%. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Man, so that's, that's really, it's really good. <clears throat> I believe good. compliance is the key, but, you know, having an effective internship is really important for an employer. Uh, real quick, uh, for those who do get paid, uh, are they under the same requirements as minimum wage yeah. and all of the other stuff? The problem is that when I was doing customer discovery and I was talking with students and also with employers, but even more so with students, I would ask them if they were paid or unpaid. And even the ones that were paid, they said, well, we're, we do a lot of data entry. They're not getting the skills that they went to school for. So my platform has a whole learning library for the employer. So it teaches them how to do, like, work with students remotely if they're going to offer that, how to work across multi-generational workers, how to teach students time management and prioritizing. But, but I, I guess what I'm asking is if they're paid, are they put on the payroll, so to speak, with the rest of the employees? That's up to the employer. Okay, so yeah. they can... They can pay them stipends, they can pay them commission, they can pay them a referral fee, they can pay them, um, you know, whatever it is that they want to do. Commission or whatever. Yeah, commission, but, you know, it needs to be very clear what they're paying. Is there a minimum uh, hours that they have to work or anything like that? That's a really good question. If you're going to ask a student to work 40 hours, you better figure that they're going to be really an employee and you've got to be prepared to pay them. But the minimum hours that I recommend to employers is anywhere between 16 to about 20. 16 to 20 hours. Okay. A week. Okay. Once again, our guest today, Isabella Johnston. The website is internpursuit.tech. That's internpursuit.tech. And I guess that would be both for prospective interns and mm-hmm. employers yep. to visit there, yep. internpursuit.tech. And if you want to email Isabella there, it would be Isabella at... I-S-A-B-E-L-L-A. Right, Isabella mm-hmm. at internpursuit.tech. Correct. And okay. phone number? Uh, should we give you a number out? Sure, I've got an office number. So it's 321-422-2166. Okay, 321-422-2166. All right, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Isabella Johnson and Johnston. I'm sorry. And we also have uh, an event that we're going to remind you about. It's all about the climb. And so we'll tell you about that when we come back as well. And this events and other events like it um, happen all there at the National Entrepreneur Center, mm-hmm. unless we tell you otherwise, just right. like BizFest. Yeah, and it's different organizations That's having right. the yeah, events. That's right. So we're going to tell you about the climb when we come back. And once again, uh, you are listening to What's the Score? And we'll be right back with more. We're back, and we're What's the Score, and we want to thank you for tuning in and telling your friends and family about it. The listening audience is really growing, and we really do appreciate that. Lucy Polito and Rich Jekyll are in with myself, Christopher Hart. Today, our guest is Isabella Johnston, and Intern Pursuit is what we're promoting for her today and uh, talking more about that. But we teased as we went into the break that it's all about the climb is an event that's coming up at the National Entrepreneur Center. And this is one of the sister organizations, you might say, over at the Entrepreneur Center. Correct. And we are all very excited because uh, 
we have these kind of uh, programs uh, frequently with various organizations that are also in the Entrepreneurial Center and uh, on uh, May 28th between... No, it's March. No, March March 28th. I'm sorry. She's thinking of BizFest. Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, Sorry, March 28th. What do you got in that coffee cup over there? I don't know. I, you know... I'm an old lady. What can I tell you? <laughs> oh, come I'm on now. But well, on March 28th, between the hours of 1 uh, and 5 p.m., we are going to have some workshops, and they're going to be led by some very good speakers. Uh, and uh, then at 5 o'clock, we will have a chocolate reception. And the main speaker really is uh, someone that probably a lot of you may have heard about. The keynote address will be given by Bonnie Harvey who is the co-founder of the world's number one wine brand. And, you know, anytime you mention wine, you know who's going to be there, right? Yeah, well, Rich, yes. won't, Rich won't be yeah, very far away. Yes, oh, he won't be there. Won't All be right. There. What a disappointment. But anyway. I'll be she, there. Oh, you will be there. Okay, I know you will. And we're also going to have some several uh, sessions of uh, seminars. So um, you want to be there because this is about all about women. However... We are also very happy to invite many men. So as many people as can come and enjoy this, I'm sure you will not be disappointed. And then after five, we're going to have a chocolate event. And that's always nice. I like that part. Uh huh. All right. Once again, this is held at the National Entrepreneur <clears throat> Center. And you can go to, let's see the website here to sign up for this. It would be the climb. Well, you can get tickets at the climb 328. At Eventbrite, so that, that would be the climb three two eight dot Eventbrite dot com. And uh, I'm this, try the tickets. This is for I believe the national. Uh, is, this is the um, NABO is sponsoring this, aren't they? Yes, the yes. National yes. Organization yes. of yep. Women and Business Owners. That's right. And uh, it is thirty five dollars per person, forty five at the door, or if you bring a friend, it's twenty five for two or more of you. So once again, you go to the climb. 328.eventbrite.com to get your tickets or just show up at the door. The National Entrepreneur Center on March the 28th at 1 o'clock is when it begins. March the 28th, okay? All right, so we'll look forward to seeing you there. And once again, BizFest is coming up soon, too. That'll be on May the 7th. And all of this you can find at orlando.score.org. Once again, our guest today, Isabella Johnston, and uh, former teacher, and yes. now uh, a business owner herself and also in the business of helping other business owners. Yeah. And, and, Teacher, and, human resources, what didn't you do? I don't know. <laughs> I like I like all of those things. I had too many interests, so I had to split them all up I into see. different companies. Uh, all right. And uh, once again, the website is internpursuit.tech. That's internpursuit, spelled as it would normally be, internpursuit.tech, T-E-C-H. You mentioned a while ago that for a valid, I guess, intern program, uh, for an intern program to be valid, I don't know how you would say it in the... In, in compliance. In compliance. <laughs> compliance right. with the Department of Labor. There are seven criteria. Yes. What are they? So those seven criteria, they have to be, um, there's no promise for payment to the student. There's no promise of a job. It can't displace another worker in the workplace. It is tied to an academic calendar. It is also tied to um, real learning, hands-on learning. And then there's one I forgot. Oh, an academic. No, I said the calendar. There's another academic requirement. 
So, but there's seven. And if they go to the website and they click on the compliance tab, they can watch a video and it tells them exactly what they are. I believe it has right. to have something to do with their studies or. It, well, yeah, it absolutely has to be not really tied to their studies, but it has yeah. to have academic value and hands on. Yeah. Okay. Why would I want to do this? Are you an employer or a student? Uh, I'm a student. Okay. For a student, <clears throat> you want to be able to have real skills on your resume. And you also, you're paying money to take this class. Oh, that was it. It has to be for credit. <laughs> that was the last one. You have to take it as a school credit. And uh, there's nothing the employer uh, does to help that process. The student takes the class as a for credit class, which is an elective. And it meets one of the school requirements. But the employer doesn't realize that the student is paying money. They really need to have real skills on their resume that are valuable. And uh, I follow like an 80-20 rule. That's how it's designed in the platform. So that 80% of what you as the employer are asking them to do is tied to their degree that they're pursuing. And there's training modules in there to help the employer know how to do that. But you as a student are also going to get the experience or real life work. Yeah. And many times employers will say, oh, for example, I worked with a real estate agent. He said, oh, I want to have a video production student work with me. And I asked him, I said, do you have technical expertise as a video Mm -hmm. editor or producing videos? He said, no. He said, I can give them industry. And I said, that's not good enough. (laughs) You need to have somebody that can mentor that student in technical expertise also. And so I in said, other words, you, you can't just one. take advantage of them for that, cheap exactly. free labor because that's you want... where it's unethical. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. some, you know, in the early days when this program first started out, they were getting these interns <clears throat> and just using them as filing clerks. Exactly. And stuff Get like my that, coffee, which was file. totally and that's out what of the, the realm of what they're supposed to be doing. No. And that's what they weren't in compliance. So right. they, they, exactly. yeah, that's what these exactly. criteria were set up to avoid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, my whole platform is designed around those things. So it's an HR tool for uh, the employer. Now, you said that they get academic credit for this. The student does. And then so there must be some requirement is in like can't they just can't intern for one week and get the credit. Is it no, have to be tied, for the whole semester? It has to be for the whole semester. So not really not like what you think. The um, student, it's very um, they have to write a lot of reports. They have to turn in like weekly oh, assignments. Okay. So that's on the student, not on the employer. And okay. that, I would imagine that would also be performance. How well are and they And that's doing? where the performance plan right. comes into plan. Sure. So, yeah, on there's the performance uh, <clears throat> report that the schools ask for. It's not as detailed as the one that I've designed for the employer. So it's really helping the employer make sure that they're doing a good job with this. But student. it should be helping the student because well, hopefully absolutely. they're giving, they're, they're getting some feedback. As a matter of absolutely. fact, folks can get their own feedback from the students because you have a show that where you bring them in to talk about their experiences, yep. correct? At the end, well, and I'm going to take one step back. At the end of the internship, there's a 360 evaluation. So the student can evaluate the employer, but the employer is also evaluating, giving feedback to the student. Right. That feedback goes back to the school. However, I have a radio show. It's called The Intern Whisper because Michael Judith, I don't know if you know him or not, Mm-mm. but Michael Judith had said, you're like an intern whisperer. And I went, you know, that's the name of my show. <laughs> so for 13 months, every Wednesday at six o'clock, we go to Valencia College East. And they have a really great radio studio like what you guys have here. And we do a radio show. So one week a student comes in and we do a hashtag what I learned story and they share what they learned in their internship. And it's a really great way for the student to give a shout out to the employer. 
I bring the employers on in a separate show and they get to talk about their business and innovation in their business. We always talk about great leaders that inspire. And then the third show, I try to make sure I bring in somebody from the school because school people are really important for the show to be successful too, whether they're an employee in career services, a professor or the head of a school. Um, and then last, we do a wild card conversation. So we just did a wild card conversation and was interviewing tips and um, resume tips, resume tips mm-hmm. and interviewing yeah. for the student, but also for the employers. Yeah. Okay. Now you do the show live. Live radio on MixLR. Yeah, you can look us up. Um, it's also live Facebook. We record it, and it's a podcast, and it's distributed on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Where right. do you, Make where sure do you, you mention this show on your broadcast. I will. Now. Actually, I, it'd be good to bring you guys on as a guest. Where do you, that, that would definitely be a wild card. Yeah. <laughs> where do you uh, find the students? How, how are you connected? Where I mean, so, do you go like to UCF? Uh, I was there uh, last night. Yes. Okay. So I go to recruiting events on all of the campuses. Two weeks ago, I was at Rollins. Last night, I was at UCF. Next week, it's Valencia College in Seminole State. Recruiting Wholesale. events. What do you mean? Uh, big career fairs where all of the students come to meet employers and there they come and they actually have been working with me through pivot business consulting, but now I'm ready to start um, transitioning from a non-scalable model such as myself to a scalable model and have the students start signing up in the platform. In other words, you'll be able to help a lot more people. Yes. Yes. Uh, a lot well, more know, employers I think students. this is a great idea. You know, I, you. I dealt in my previous life. I had some interns myself, so I know what that's like. But I think that, you know, you have a great, I think, a great business, a great opportunity that should be a nationwide program. I'd actually like to sit down and discuss how we could bring it into scores. So it could really benefit some of you all and allow you to pass your wisdom on to the other students. Millennials and Gen Z are very, very, um, they want to be mentored. So it'd be a great marriage between multi-generational workers. Be happy to. And the employees. Be happy to. Or the people that come in. Isabella Johnston, (laughs) our guest today. InternPursuit.tech is her website. Spell it all out. InternPursuit.tech. If you'd like to email her there, it's Isabella, as you would normally spell it, Isabella at InternPursuit.tech. Okay? So, How do you spell pursuit? Is it P-E or no, it's, P-U? It's, it's That's a really you. good Two question. Use. People Two confuse that. Two P-U-R-S-U-I-T. That's right. Two U's in pursuit. All right. So InternPursuit.tech. You were going to ask a question. Well, now I forgot because oh, he interrupted well. me. You know, Rich always <laughs> My mind was very important. <laughs> uh, uh, once again, uh, Isabella is uh, helping both employers and interns uh, get the most that they can get out of that experience. That's right. From each of their perspectives. So w- whether you're a prospective intern or a prospective employer, uh, Isabella could possibly help you out. And so go to, once again, internpursuit.tech to find out more. And while you're on the website, you might want to go to Eventbrite and sign up for It's All About the Climb, the the, the conference that uh, Lucy was telling you about earlier in this uh, segment of the show. The website is theclimb328.eventbrite.com to get tickets it's going to be a great conference, and then it culminates. The conference begins at 1, goes to 1 to 5, and then at 5, they also have their own reception. Mm-hmm. And uh, they call it the, the Wine, Women, and Chocolate Reception. But men are invited, 
and get your tickets today at the climb328.eventbrite.com. And while you're on the website, please go to Facebook and like us there. Yeah, That's please do. Score like Orlando yes. on Facebook. All right. Orlando.score.org is the website. And right. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter. And also sign up for BizFest, the whole nine yards right there. All right, we'll take another break and come back with more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Once again, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And guess what? Radio may be one of the ways to come up with a winning combination for your business as well. Did you know that, once again, Rich, more people listen to the radio every week than do what? You know, I think I should know that by now. More people listen to the radio than watch their televisions. More people listen to the radio than use the Internet. Ladies and gentlemen, radio is still the number one form of mass communication in the United States, and I dare say around the world. Amazing, you dare. That's right. And you can take advantage of that. And Salem Media Group here in Orlando has four great radio stations, all with really great signals. And they go to different demographics. And so you can get your message to the the people that you would like to hear that message. And the person to talk to is Bill Files. He is the station manager here at Salem Media Orlando, the number 407-618-1760. Bill has been in the business all of his life. And he's got a great station here, great professionals, and they are here to help you get your message to the people, as I said, that you would like to have hear it. You can do it in your own voice or one of their great voices or maybe even one of our voices. So give Bill a call, please, at 407-618-1760 and tell him Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hart sent you. That's right. (laughs) All right. Let's get back to today's guest, who is Isabella Johnston. And she, her, the business that we're primarily been talking about, one of her stable of businesses, five, is internpursuit.tech. And did I hear you mention that you have a game version of this? Is this like Jeopardy? You can get no. the game version? Uh, no, or <laughs> no I, I really love games and I love superheroes. And I wanted to be able to tap into the gaming industry. So that's a huge industry, a lot of money out there. And I have a game called Intern Pursuit, comma, the game. It's about two students uh, that were really, I have favorites. And if you look at any of the um, social channels and you look at the channel art for the, the cover of the podcast and the game, you're going to know who my favorites are because you see their faces all over everything. But uh, there's a male and a female character. It's a single player tower defense game. And I don't know if that means anything to you. Okay, good. Rich is shaking his head. Yes, for our listeners. Anyway, um, single-player tower defense, you have to download it on a PC. It's not for Mac. We built it in Unreal Engine. And it's about two students that go through the universe. Uh, They're interns, but they turn into superheroes. And then they fight aliens like Guardians of the Galaxy, Men in Black. (laughs) Uh, We have these little aliens that are not always friendly looking, but we have robots that are super friendly. And I love minions, so we made our robots. They're going to be like lots of little minions all around, and they're mischievous. Um, But we have two levels of the game. People can play it. And we're building out our hub, and it's based around a place that I've worked out of. It's Chuck Barnett's place, BMDM Digital Marketing, giving him a plug. Um, because it's a super Google environment. And um, so anyway, people can play the game, and that way I can tap into 
businesses that are about games. Training and learning is a big industry. ITSEC is a big conference that comes here every single year. Mm -hmm. That's simulation and training. And games also are a part of that. So we plan on getting into that and part of the gaming industry. It gives us a segue. What is this to do with employers? Actually, it's just a way that anybody in this gaming industry, they um, if they're looking for people that can be game artists, they're riggers, they're going to be musicians, uh, music engineers, really, that's what they're called. It's uh, full sale is what it is. It really. is full that's sale, it but is. Full in sale. all yeah. fairness, UCF has their FIA school, and FIA is just, it's just as powerful as Full Sail, Full Sail is wow. fifth largest in the world. UCF is second yeah. largest college in the country. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know the guys that uh, that started Full Sail out of BJ Recording Studios mm-hmm. over off of Edgewater Drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way back, back in the day. Back in the day. Um, what is the, how, how does this labor environment that we're in right now affect what you're doing? Because it would seem that this would be an environment where employers are going to be looking for more interns because it's harder to find employees. Well, it's really one of those um, things I've seen that some people, some employers will go to recruiting events at the campus. Some don't want to mess with that. Some will look for them online. They'll post job descriptions on Indeed. They'll look for them through word of mouth. So there's different ways people find interns through social channels even. So everything is going more online. The online recruiting industry alone is a $7.7 billion business just wow. in the United States. The on, Well, not online, actually online uh, training, but the training and learning industry, I just checked the IBIS World Report and it's $14.6 billion dollars. So I'm tapping into those two industries with Intern Pursuit. So I'm working with the online, I don't call them competitors, they're online job providers specifically targeting entry-level people and also interns. Um, I can partner with them and tap into their employer base because my product is different. It's a right. it's a performance management compliance piece. But do you, once again, do you, do you see demand increasing and going up? For yes. interns, because it's a much more difficult in hiring environment. Right it now. is. And because millennials tend to have a, um, they like to jump around and try different jobs. A lot of students, because they don't necessarily want to do that, but they want to make sure that they're finding an employer that matches what their, their needs are. So mm-hmm. they want the ability to work remotely. They right. also want to be able to um, try different industries. They go, have oh, I don't gym, know if I like this. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I like this job. So, you know, they try out being a social content um, intern where they're creating content. They can go, okay, I can see I don't necessarily want to do that for a really long time. They try out a different industry. If they love what they're doing, they can see how it's applicable across multiple industries. This is a smarter group of people we're working with, and they're all online, so we have okay. to keep up. How does this work? If uh, if it's a joint effort between the school and the employer, yep. and schools are running the cycle, right? Semesters or that yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the now, for instance, you know, school's almost over. So, so what happens? the cycle is that students are registering for their next semester or the semester right after. So right now, students are looking for internships for the summer and the fall. And so I'm placing students, and I'm not scalable, but I'm transitioning from non-scalable to a scalable model. Um, I match the students to the employers by giving them an assessment, and also I'm the algorithm for that side of it and the personality. 
And then the employer makes that decision as to who they want to work with. And then they get the onboarding package and the performance plan so they, they know how to manage the student effectively. Now I get to get out of the picture, but it is moving it into an online platform. Okay. Speaking of online, you can visit Isabella's website at internpursuit.tech. And that's Intern Pursuit, Pursuit with two U's, and Tech, T-E-C-H, internpursuit.tech. And if you would like to email Isabella there, you can do that by adding Isabella at internpursuit.tech. Is that where the folks can find the game as well that yes. you mentioned? So and they can it, also link up to your broadcasts and your... They can find everything there. Right. If they go to the Cool Stuff tab right at the top of the page, they'll click on it. They'll go to the game. They can find the radio show. They can find the podcast okay. channels, everything. Okay. Uh, what, what would you tell a student who's never been an intern before? What, what's the sort of the... In other words, don't do this or do this. That's a really great question. If it's me telling them, I said, you really need to understand yourself before you try to commit to any job. The more you understand yourself, what you're really good at and what you like to do, the better you're going to be in that particular role. You don't want to have to bounce around from place to place. And this is the story I share with them. I was a financial analyst and a grants administrator with the Nature Conservancy for two years. And after two years, I realized I am not a financial analyst. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> and you don't want to spend two years of your life doing so. I loved my job. I was 75% great at it. The other 25%, not so great. And you don't want to do that. You want to make sure you're making a good decision for your life. So the intern program can help. It helps the, the student figure what, that out. What would be the thing that uh, employers, what would be the, the most, uh, the largest misconception that you have to sort of bust their bubble on? Yeah, they, they think they're doing the student a favor <laughs> by giving them an internship when they really don't understand that there's nothing they do for the credit side, zero really, other than sign off on the paperwork. Right. Um, they also think that they're doing them a favor by letting them into their workplace. But if there's really no mentoring going on, there's nothing that's um, an investment in the employer into with their time. Right. That's what the students really want. So the more I educate employers as to this is what they want and this is how you can communicate with them better, they do better. The student does better. The student thrives. The business thrives. Okay. Um, I'm constantly getting uh, small businesses, startups primarily, that uh, know that they need social media marketing out there. Mm -hmm. it's, okay, it's, students again. do not know how to use it for business. So I built a learning module all for the small business employer so that they can use that to give to the student to understand how to transition it from personal use into business. And I'm sorry I interrupted you, but that's like a question but, but, I usually get. But, but let me interrupt, too, because still it has to have something to do with their academic Pursuit. So that would in other be words, you can't just hire. Student. You can't just get an intern to do your website for you because you don't want to do it yourself. Or you don't want you to hire actually, somebody. Else. Yeah, as long as you have somebody there that's going to be that technical mentor. Well, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. for somebody who doesn't have a technical mentor that has no knows nothing about mm -hmm. uh, you know the like me who knows nothing, who's basically. But do you have a friend that's really great in marketing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then that usually there's so many websites out there like Wix and Weebly and. Gosh, just pick one that you can, you know, square spot. GoDaddy. Yeah, GoDaddy. Well, they're WordPress. They're more like a WordPress site. 
But um, you can okay. pick some of these really drop and drags that are like PowerPoints and create an amazing website. Yeah, all right. As long yeah. as you have a marketing person to help this. Now, so, do you want to interrupt me too, or do I? Get no, the, I'm just thinking. Go, oh, Daddy. Isn't question. that a bar or something? Well, if you're going to ask for anything else, you better do <laughs> That's it quick. Where I go. If you're going to ask for anything else, you better do it quick because we're running out of time. <laughs> okay, uh, I think you answered my question. How do we? How do I, as an employer? Get a hold of you and say, you know, I need somebody go with to, these qualifications. I can answer this. Go to internpursuit.tech. Okay. <laughs> and actually, right. you can also email Isabella there. That's Isabella at internpursuit.tech. You can also call her at 321-422-2166. 321-422-2166. And I'll give you that number here in another 30 or 40 seconds and if you want to grab a pencil. And you candidates. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then send them to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, good. So, Isabella, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's so nice to meet Lucy. Same here. Always nice to see you. Yeah, and then nice to meet you. really came too. out hard, didn't it? We'll see you around uh, the score offices and also at BizFest. You'll be there at BizFest. Yeah, I actually signed up. All right. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be at this thing, too. That's right. Uh, he's time? Ta- he's talking about oh, the no, climb. I have an appointment that okay. I can't go. All right. No. In the meantime, once again, Isabella's phone number is 321-422-2166, internpursuit.tech, Isabella at internpursuit.tech, 321-422-2166. And you heard her say that she has signed up for BizFest. You can do that, too, by going to orlando.score.org. BizFest is May the 7th. We want to see you there. Because yeah, we'll be doing a live remote sure broadcast of my radio show. You go to Facebook. That's Orlando. Like at Score Orlando on Facebook. Right. So until next week, see ya. Ciao. <laughs> Bye-bye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.